Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents And One, a weekly podcast about the National Basketball Association, keeping you up to date with professional basketball players, games, and headlines across the league. Here are your hosts, Aiden Doherty and Aiden Butler. Welcome back to another N1 podcast, kind of a new beginning here. Uh, we're going to start up season two, a little of a prelude though, episode 0. 0.5. Uh, your main host once again is back, Aiden Butler, but I'm joined as, I guess this is the person that probably would be taking over uh, after May once my time is up here at the university. Uh, Aiden Doherty, uh, somebody you guys have heard a lot of, uh, will yeah. be the new co-host of the show. Doc, nice to have you on. As always, you know. It's my favorite sport, man. Favorite league. Yeah. It's a beautiful league uh, that we're going to be talking about. Uh, before we do start off, though, uh, some sad news, really, when it comes down to it uh, in the NBA family. Uh, out west, the Warriors, uh, earlier this week, one of their assistant coaches, uh, Dejan Maloyevich, passed away after a heart attack. I believe it was during a team dinner as well, actually. Yeah. So he had the heart attack, then got lifted to the uh, hospital and passed at the hospital a few days later. Uh, all of our thoughts and prayers are with that Warriors staff and you know family because they've had, I believe it's two games now that have been post game postponed because yeah. of uh, and I could see situation. more. Yeah, I mean, we saw the yeah. Lakers postpone a game due to Kobe Bryant death. But yeah, that was he, Kobe yeah. Bryant was kind of just you know not really involved with the team as a player or a coach. So this is you know probably even harder because it's weird. You know, you're going to look back at that bench and. You know him not be there, and he had a lot of impact, man. I think Which I didn't, I didn't know at yeah, first. He coached Jokic, he being um, a European guy. I saw Luca was a little close yeah. to him as well. Um, but it kind of su- it sucks, man. It, it, it sucks because now, you know, you got those games that really the Warriors aren't really thinking about playing basketball at the moment. Yeah, it's not really what's going on in their head at the time. But hoping everything in that situation uh, rectifies itself with that team and that whole area really out there out West uh, and the NBA family when it comes down to it. But moving on from that into kind of, uh, this is going to be a different type of show. Only your two hosts here, uh, Aiden and I assume we're going to go by Butler and Doc throughout the, yeah. throughout the, uh, it's a little easier season, that way. I guess. Yeah. yeah. That's what we'll, as long as I remember to say that too, <laughs> but we'll see how that goes. But, Moving on to our first segment, we've got a little divvy here. We're going to go back and forth. I, I decided to keep this episode a little bit more tight-knit, as it seemed, obviously, uh, with the passing of uh, Dehan, kind of a more mature episode a little bit here. And also, kind of just looking at what we've been seeing so far through these NBA teams, because I, I do feel like, especially when it comes to you, uh, some of your prowess uh, in the league yeah. uh, is towards the top. But uh, starting off with some of these trades that have happened, because there's been trades that we haven't been able to talk about. Uh, we can go all the way back to the first big one, pretty much is what we're going to call it, uh, between the Raptors and the Knicks, uh, that OG Ananobi trade. OG, Malachi Flynn, Precious Achua uh, are sent to New York, and the Raptors got R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel quickly, and a 2024 second-round pick that was Detroit, so... Raptors getting some immediate players back in this, as well as the Knicks' top, uh, you know, I guess small forward slash power forward at his position, yeah. uh, top ten. Uh, OG Ananobi uh, defensively is where his game is really, but he's also picked it up offensively. For you, when it comes down to it, because at first the trade it didn't hold as much weight to me, mm-hmm. but uh, 
RJ Barrett's been kind of cooking up there in Canada a bit yeah. ever since he's been back in his uh, stomping grounds, I guess you can call them. Mm-hmm. But for you, how did you take the trade, and how have you, what have you liked so far after that you've seen? Yeah, so my immediate reaction to the trade, I think it just had to be that, you know, OG Ananobi was a big guy that the Sixers were kind of linked to, you know, as a Sixers fan. And he is, you know, as advertised, guards one through five. And he'll guard and beat if they see each other probably in yeah. the playoffs. Um, and, you know, a couple possessions, obviously, not through the whole game. And, again, I think the only worry is that do you want to pay him $40 million? Because I yeah. watched Sixers-Raptors in person, and I— uh, December? Yeah, I think the big—I think the idea of OG Ananobi is, is beautiful. Yeah. I think when you kind of start seeing him play, you're like, I just don't know. Um, will the game be put together? And I believe it was some folks on ESPN that were mentioning this a bit earlier. Yeah, I believe it was because Becky Hammond was on the show. Uh, I, mean, I think it was might have been NBA Live or something. But they were mm-hmm. talking about the Knicks and how Jalen Brunson, because of his size, he's not really that A1 guard uh, when it comes to size with guards. Obviously, Steph Curry and Anomaly uh, look a little bit bigger and things like that. Usually, the small guards don't do well, especially when it comes to the playoffs. So they add a guy like OG Ananobi. But what I'm getting from this is kind of, so you've got your... It seems like Brunson, obviously, at the point, is the more consistent star compared to Randall. So you've got those two stars, and then you add uh, add Ananobi, who I would say I'm not putting them on their level, specifically offensively when it comes down to it, obviously. But you add that piece, you're hoping that it can get you over the hump as a Knicks fan, which I guess over the hump at this point would be an Eastern Conference final appearance, yeah. I guess. I think that, I guess, uh, yeah, I would assume that's the quote-unquote hump, but... I, like, I just don't know. Uh, I, I don't know if this team can is done yeah. yet. I think they'll make an, at least another move. Well, they definitely might have to because Quinn Grimes all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Which I don't agree. bring that up. Which is another part of that trade because we talked about, obviously, the Knicks getting. But, you know, giving up quickly. I know you, you know, in theory didn't want to pay them. But I feel like Knicks fans are kind of just throwing them to the side just because they knew they weren't going to pay them instead yeah. of, you know, his true value. and. I mean, he's blossomed exactly. in, uh, in Toronto. I was a little shocked when he was. I saw he was a part of that trade because he was a guy that obviously they didn't want to pay him. Honestly, when it comes to paying anybody with the Dolans and all that, it's a, yeah. it's a whole. And then he's got a whole situation. And he's another small now. guard, so it's yeah, exactly. it's like you. He he's a starter in the NBA, but you can't really start him uh, with Brunson and. You know they 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 they're clearly going to be busy uh, at this deadline with Quentin Grimes, but I I love it for the Raptors. Though before we move on, I I think you know we'll talk about the Siakam trade, but I love just the whole package they got back for OG and Siakam. I think the only yeah. problem is that they sh- if they trade him a year sooner, the package is doubled maybe. Probably, um, yeah. especially that uh, Siakam, yeah. Yeah. yeah, especially the Siakam deal. Yeah. Um, but look, I I still think given you know the situation, uh, not assuming you know that they should trade him a year prior. I think they did a good job, you know, getting quickly, getting R.J. Barrett. Uh, you know, R.J. Barrett's still young. Uh, you know, is he going to be a superstar? Probably not. Is he going to be a star? Probably not either. But uh, if he can develop into a nice role player, he had a good playoffs last year. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think that was kind of one of the big worries of him. You know, he's like, he's going to be one of those guys that struggles in the playoffs. But he had a big playoffs for them, especially in the first round against the Cavs. And I think Toronto, you know, I think they're finally hitting a somewhat reset, uh, a rebuild, I should say. Uh, I think I don't think they I was, have bad I enough just players to, to rebuild. But. Uh, yeah, I was just about to bring that up. Uh, before we even mentioned the uh, Siakam trade, they already kind of did have a younger roster, obviously a first-year head coach. But taking a look, they'll be pretty set up because they've got the vets when it comes down to it. This is easily a 
it'll definitely either be I don't foresee them being mm-hmm. a six or five, but definitely playing at, at, for the Raptors the yeah. way this lineup is going to be rostered up together. But you've got the older guys in Dennis Schroeder, Garrett Temple, who, if you ask me, is probably getting getting a little <laughs> bit more minutes than he should be getting. Yeah. But it is what it is. And then you've still got the Jalen McDaniels. I haven't heard too much out of Canada. Uh, he's season, he's though. been he's been rough. Yeah. Uh, he kind of started the season off slow. Was getting got DMPs for like whole December. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, I think I think he's kind of back in the rotation again. I haven't paid. Uh, I got to pay more attention to the Raptors, especially after this trade, um, to see what they look like. But yeah, he he was he's kind of been a blunder signing for them so far. The group of the kind of core I see here is Grady Dick. Obviously, once he's able to get a couple years under his belt. You've got R.J. Barrett, you know, uh, Gary Trent Jr., who also had a big night uh, yesterday as well. Scotty mm-hmm. Barnes, who is, I mean, he's also kind of low-key uh, most improved player. Low-key, low-key, though. Mm-hmm. It's very low-key for him because he's been, especially when it's come to a smaller, even though they're not a small market, the Raptors, yeah. they technically kind of are a small market. Uh, everything that he does isn't been... seen as much, really. But he's also had a great season. And then, uh, some of the other guys they got Nora in the trade for Siakam, which we'll talk about in a bit. Who for the Pacers? Uh, he went to the Pacers and became a whole different player. So, honestly, it seems like most of these guys go to the Pacers and become different players. But <laughs> it does seem like this rap. They, they do have a couple things they'll need to pick up, but in a couple of years, this will be a pretty young Raptors team that'll be fighting for the top of the East when it comes down to it. Obviously, they'll stop to make a couple things, but a good core, a good young core they've got now together. Yeah, especially if Grady Dick pans out, like, as yeah. you you hope so. Obviously, I thought he was one of those players that maybe should sit at Kansas for another year, but, yeah, you, you weren't know, the only one, man. G League, yeah. I guess, is kind of like, you know, another year at Kansas. Uh, it's just a little bit different, and, you know, a lot of people are hoping that you, you got a little bit more expectations uh, when you are in, officially in the NBA, obviously, more than Kansas. But... Yeah, man. I mean, I think I've been kind of critical of of Masai uh, and the Raptors yeah. front office, and I still am. I did still you see the video of him uh, crying about uh, Siakam. Really, I did not see that. Which it kind of, I kind of felt it because like he was in that Raptors organization the entire part of his career, and it's like I, he watched him go in as a kid, grow up, watched him not be able to shoot the basketball, do anything, yeah. even OG, too, when it comes down to it. But, yeah, he did shed a couple of tears in a little press conference after. Yeah, I can understand that, man, because, look, Masai's, you know, trophy uh, is quite literally an actual trophy. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of that had to do with, you know, the big Kawhi trade, and Pascal Siakam played a big role in that. And, you know, obviously we mentioned we're going to talk about the Siakam trade soon, but, like, that was the last guy on that championship roster. Yeah. And it's gone now. It's almost, you know... It's a brand new house, a lot brand new, you know, expectations. And, you know, I kind of thought his job should have been on the line with the way he handled the last couple mm. of years. But I think he kind of recovered it a little bit. And, uh, you know, he got himself a solid team with some some picks, obviously. And, you know, it, it is definitely sad because there was definitely a personal connection there. Yeah. We'll definitely end up talking about standings at some point, and the Raptors will come up again. But... Definitely a playing team, uh, one of those higher playing teams when it comes to the seeding, too, like a 7 or 8. Don't really see them being a 9 or a 10. Uh, another trade that uh, I had a hard time understanding, to quite be honest with you, uh, the Pistons and the Wizards. Uh, Danilo Gallinari and Mike Muscala head to Detroit in return for Marvin Bagley the third, Isaiah Livers, a 2025 second-round pick, and a 2026 second-round pick. 
Mm-hmm. What I got from that was the Pistons just wanted to get rid of some money, extra money pretty much, and just kind of – I looking at the when the trade happened, I was like, okay, all right, trade happened. And then I looked at it, I was like, I can't really tell – I don't think a team won this trade really when it comes down to it. I will say the Marvin Bagley III, it's a shame how his career has went through because of injuries and everything. He's kind of been having an underrated season a little bit. Yeah, no, but he's just kind of blocked there uh, down in Detroit. Um, So it's kind of tough. But I think my my viewpoint of this trade was exactly what you said. But my only benefit of the doubt is Mm -hmm. that Pistons surrounding Kate Cunningham with shooters uh, in a sense that Livers, I mean... I look. I'm not watching too many Pistons games. Uh, I won't lie, but I watched a couple of them when they were close, especially during that streak when it felt like everybody yeah. in the NBA community <laughs> was watching the Detroit Pistons. Um, and Isaiah Livers, I mean, he couldn't shoot. Uh, yeah. yeah, they like he he wasn't respected as a shooter, um, and it just didn't fit because they have a lot of non-shooters on that team already. Uh, even like Jaden Ivey doesn't shoot off uh, off the ball too much. Kate Cunningham isn't, you know. Space in the floor as an off-ball player, and obviously they have all their centers are, are the traditional big men. Yeah. Um. So I, I that's the benefit of the doubt that I give you know the Pistons of you know it's yeah it's just two first round picks even though they're kind of like and two second round picks excuse me even though mm-hmm. they're kind of like first round picks at this point uh, late first. Um. But I guess Kate Cunningham's development might be a little bit more important than who you might pick at I didn't pick thirty five. I didn't even think of Kate in this whole entire thing. Yeah, I mean, this is the only. It took me a couple days to come down to this. I won't <laughs> lie. I, I did not read that trade and say, "Oh, this is going to help Kate Cunningham's development." Sometimes you have to look at it for a couple days yeah. to be like, "What was the viewpoint here?" Um, but I think that's it. I think that had to be the viewpoint. I don't know what other else perspective you could put out there to make that trade really seem viable for the Pistons. For the Wizards, I completely get it. I mean. You're going to get two veterans for uh, two high, very valuable second-round picks. Is so, Gallinari, is he playing, playing? Because I, I remember think, last yes, year yes, he obviously he had yeah. the, every playoff game. He was in a different color suit. Yeah. I'm telling you. <laughs> he, he is playing, though, because I, okay. I remember seeing him one game, and I'd be like, oh, well, I completely forgot <laughs> yeah. Gallinari is on the He is one Washington of those guys you just forget about. Yeah. Because yeah. he had a sad, you know, obviously last year with the injury, you know, a lot of Celtics fans are very excited about that signing, and I, I couldn't blame him. I mean, he brought some uh, offensive production off the bench, but obviously it, it didn't work out. And, you know, now he's, you know, being the journeyman uh, yeah. that he kind of is now. All right, that trade four days ago, and then the big one that broke yesterday, I think it was Woj that broke it. The Raptors, the Pacers, and technically the Pelicans were technically involved too as well. Uh, didn't get any people, though. Uh, the Raptors. Bruce Brown, Jordan Nora, Kyra Lewis, uh, who did, uh, excuse me, I wasn't aware of that. I did not know Kyra Lewis before, even as of right now, I did not know Kyra Lewis was a part of that trade. Yeah, I they, did the, not know the that. Pelicans jumped in late and just like, I think, just got like a second round pick for him. Uh, I think they're trying to clear some money. Technically, they just got cash. They got cash, okay. Yeah, yeah they like... <laughs> Yeah, they're just trying to see if they can, you know, make another marginal move at the deadline to possibly put them over the top. Um, Raptors, yeah, man, I don't know. Like, yeah. what? In total, Bruce Brown, Jordan Nora, Kyra Lewis, two first-round picks from the Pacers, 2024. Mm-hmm. So that's two first. Wow. That's two first-round picks of this year, and then 2026, a conditional, which honestly, when it comes to the conditional uh, swaps and all that stuff in the NBA, yeah, I'm still working on that. We'll, we'll see when I'm yeah. able to fully it understand depends. that. Because conditional picks can be a little weird. Like, sometimes it's just straight up top 20. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a little bit different. And sometimes you can, eat, like, say the Pacers and Raptors make a trade again. They could 
actually change the conditions on that pick. So yeah, yeah. I because don't. I would always tell myself, <laughs> if the Sixers and Nets make a trade, they can they can change. You know, one of the protective picks they gave to the Nets to possibly trade for. You know, the Doran Finney Smiths of the world. Yeah. Even if they go all out for McCall Bridges, obviously it's a story for another day. But you know, it is a little confusing. But if you just kind of dumb it down a little bit, uh. You know, you just wish they were just like top twenty lottery protect. Every every yeah. protected pick was lottery protected. <laughs> Pacers in this return get Siakam. Of course, they do get a second round pick, which hasn't been uh, specified what year that's coming from. That came from the Pelicans, and then the Pelicans got those cash considerations. Moving on from Kyrie Lewis, which I remember when he was in his rookie year. Uh, I believe it was either one or two years ago when he was in his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were talking about him like, yeah, after about a year, maybe after a year and a half, he'll be that main guy coming off the bench. It doesn't just seem like it didn't happen for them, especially when they acquired the talent they did so fast. Like, mm-hmm. they, I bet the Pelicans weren't really think her, thinking Herb Jones was going to be able to give the impact that he's been able to give mm-hmm. as early in his career that he's able to give now. And he's kind of playing that, like, they're a bit... They don't really have a true point guard out there on the court, which kind of no. hurts Kyra in this I, position. I think so it kind of like hurts yeah. them as well. Yeah, it does. And I, it, it, if it doesn't now, it definitely will, of course, once the playoff comes. Yeah. It doesn't now. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about the Pelicans when we get to standings, but yeah. it's just, they're a weird team. Like, I, I don't have too much confidence in them, but I like their roster, if that makes sense. Mm. They, they just, they, they they don't have it, you know, the perfect fits. But my only connection with Kira Lewis is, I thought that's where Tyrus Maxey was going to be picked uh, oh. for the Pelicans. That's literally my only, I thought. You know, that it was just perfect. Every mock draft had him sitting at that 13 spot. Yeah. The Pelicans needed a guard. Uh, they decided to go with uh, Lewis. And, you know, as a Sixers fan, thank you. Um, Faster guy, fast guy. Just yeah. like Maxi. Uh, no, they were very similar because they both yeah. aren't. Like, Maxi wasn't a great shooter coming out of college. So I, I see why, like, the, the viewpoint of was, you know, what it was. And he thought, you know, Gary Lewis is kind of a, you know, great athlete. And, you know, it was interesting for sure. Um, but yeah, that's that's literally I have really never seen him play. Uh, like he he really Not never yet. got minutes, and you know I guess he never showed yeah, anything in G League or practice. His rookie year, the Pelicans weren't too good, so he was getting minutes. Yeah, so that's really the only. Afterwards, once they started to get a little bit better, they started to realize, hey, he's not the guy we really thought he was at this moment. Let's give him a little bit more years. But now, on a new different team, I will say, out of all three of these trades, I do think the best one may have been. Uh, the one for Barrett and quickly, I do think that's the one I enjoy. Even though, uh, I I would pretty much call at this point the Pacers my second team. I enjoy watching them play. A lot. You're, well, you're wearing a Pacers that. shirt. I feel like uh, we yeah. we need to say that. I enjoy watching <laughs> them play when Halliburton is on the floor. Yeah, when Halliburton is not on the floor, I do not watching do not like watching <laughs> them play. Um, for multiple reasons, but Bruce Brown, Bruce Brown, excuse me, was kind of a guy that. Without Halliburton, because he's been injured recently, yeah. uh, who he actually just got Halliburton was just um, he's out for tonight. But he, but he was a game time decision. Yeah. Well, um, game time a couple minutes ago or a couple. Yeah, I don't know how long ago it was. They said he's out. But for me, when it comes down to it, uh, Bruce Brown, he was kind of doing some things, especially when it comes to this Pacers team. They're a team that moves fast. He was that type of guy, s- sneakily. Yeah, he'll s- somehow go out there, have a game, 14, mm-hmm. nine rebounds out of nowhere, yeah. six assists. Usually that's happening with Halliburton not on the floor. But now with him being sent to the Raptors, that's just not really the type of offense for him no, to really no. be 
like the Pacers, he, he kind of fit there. No, that's a, a that's fast a thing. offense. Get him moving. The Raptors are not really that type of offense. That's so. the thing. I thought the Pacers were a perfect fit. You know, a lot of people said they overpaid, and you know, uh, like that's fine. But I uh, thought, you know, I'm sure you, you remember back even to the Brooklyn days of him setting a screen up top, then blitzing James Harden, yeah, him slipping <laughs> it between the two defenders, yep. and Bruce Brown running that four on three. Yep. And I thought that's you know Halliburton's development. With, Teams were going to start blitzing him, and he would slip it to Bruce Brown because Bruce Brown's also one of the best screeners for a guard um, in the NBA. And I thought that was kind of going to be the offense because he did that in Denver well. He did it in Brooklyn well. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, he's going to maybe an even better situation uh, than Brooklyn and because, and then Brooklyn and Denver. And, you know, I guess it just never truly worked out. But, hey, man, I think he can contribute to a contender. And I think, you know, this Raptors package isn't done yet because I think they'll probably flip him. Um, Yeah. Yeah, cause, but I wonder what, what he will cost because he, he has a team option next year, I believe. So, you know, most likely that will be declined, $22 million, um, or $23 million. But this year, like, he can really help a contender the next couple months. Uh, you know, I'm sure the Sixers might look into it. I think, I think the Bucks should look into it. I don't know if, I, you know, a reunion with Denver is a dream. Bucks but I, I, look into it. I looked at the, a possible reunion with Denver. They would have to trade one of their starting five players. So, oh, it's sadly yeah, not possible. That's not happening. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I think like Sixers can match salaries. I think uh, Milwaukee can match salaries pretty easily. So I think Toronto is going to be picking up that phone, and uh, I'm sure uh, Bruce Brown is going to be a, another name to watch. I think he's you know if you miss out on like Alex Caruso at the deadline, like Bruce Brown's yeah, you know makes sense. He's yeah. the second option. Alex Caruso, he's also a guy as we can kind of transfer now into the uh, unknown of trades when it comes down to it. The guys that we assume are going to be traded before the deadline, but haven't yet. That may be due to. Injury, contracts, all sorts of those type of things. But uh, first guy up, technically uh, DeJounte Murray, which I will say going into the season, I really wasn't too worried about the Hawks. I wasn't thinking about their type of situation and stuff. Uh, They have an interesting roster, the way theirs is set up, especially with the two guards. And then you've got Johnson, who's kind of coming on a little bit. Uh, Sadiq Bey, who got traded there and kind of has been the same player. Pretty Actually, I wouldn't even say he's been the same player. I say he actually probably he hasn't been the same player that he was in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Definitely not. No. Uh, doesn't get. I don't know if it's not. He's not getting enough opportunities to shoot the three ball. Great three point shooter. Yeah. He does not get nearly the opportunities that he does down in ATL as he did uh, up in Detroit to do that. But Jonte Murray, it's looking like he's going to be on the move at some point. I think he's. I think of any of the names that had a guarantee be traded by February eighth, mm-hmm. it would probably be Dejounte Murray. I, I think there's a lot of interest in him. Yeah, uh, I think the the Hawks fit clearly isn't there because I think Murray's one of those players that he can play with another guard. I don't know if I think the short list of that he can't is Trey Young. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. and you know the Hawks tried, um, but look, he's a good player. I mean, he you know the defense is my only worry because that used to be a strong suit, but it's kind of it's hit a little bit of a, went to ATL a rough road. Yeah, uh, and you only. My hope is, you know, if for a team, you know, you count on maybe the motor isn't there, which also isn't a positive to say, that. <laughs> you know, he, you know, he wasn't trying as much, but you can hope for that and hope that, you know, if you're a contender and you trade for him, he's immediately, you know, he's locked in. But look, man, he's good mid-range shooter. He can play off ball. He can play with the ball. Obviously, he can run those lineups. Like, I think this is a guy the Sixers will definitely have their name attached to, not to be biased as we're both Sixers fans, mm-hmm. but, you know, they're going to be linked to a lot yeah, of these names. Yeah, I think names. they already have been. Yeah, they're going to be linked to a lot of yeah. these names that we mentioned for 
uh, potential trades and Lakers have come. Lakers. I do saw. You know, I saw. Move. I saw the Spurs are interested. I saw. The I did Brooklyn see that Nets too, are yeah. interested. Like, which I will say, it's going to be a bit going more. back to the Spurs. I always find that type of stuff funny when a guy leave, wants to leave a place yeah. and then kind of ends up back at. I always find that type of stuff funny. But it would be a good fit because I mean, oh boy, do they need a guard? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Dan Vassell is. He's cool, but uh, he's kind of doing. Let everything him be off him. ball. Yeah. Let him be off. Yeah, exactly. Yep. He's kind of, and I think they have Sohan technically running the one. Yeah, did at one point, and it really hasn't. It hasn't clicked really. Mm-hmm. I liked Sohan coming out of college, but he hasn't really out of Baylor. But he hasn't. Yeah, really a lot of those Baylor guys have been more. a little weird. I thought a lot of them would be successful, but even, I, I, even like Davion Mitchell, Jared Butler, I yeah, thought, Jared Butler. I think he's in the G he League. slipped in that draft too. G yeah, Jared Butler. Uh, I think the Delaware Blue Coach just played uh, Jared Butler. Uh, Capital and one of their last, I think he might be on the Capital City Go Go, um, Washington Wizards G League affiliate. Dang. Yeah, but, he's another guy. I thought he was going to pan out a little bit. Yep. Yeah, and you know, you know, it just didn't happen. But yeah, I think Murray's a guy that will definitely will definitely be seat traded uh, February eighth. And to where? It seems like there's five, maybe yeah. five to ten teams interested. Um, and who knows? I didn't think he was really going to get a bidding war, but I think he will be because I think he's he's enough to put you over the top, but he's not enough value wise to like be all in on him. You know, uh, you you won't have to give up four first round picks. You pro- probably just two first round picks and salary filler. So we'll see. Uh, another guy that's been in the talks for some time now, Zach Levine. He was out with an injury. Did just check. He has been you know back in the lineup though. Um, at this point, let's see how long he's been back. Uh, so he's been back since the 5th of January. Didn't miss that extended time, though. He's a guy that, obviously, his contract is uh, not helping him out right now. No. And as the time gets closer and closer, this his name seemed pretty hot, I'd say, about a month ago. But the way it's kind of died down a little bit, especially that injury didn't help him. Not playing, it's not going to help you if you're going to be traded. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a guy, I would not be surprised if it comes down to it. The Bulls just take whatever they can get. Yeah, you know, like whatever. And I think I think that's what they're hoping for, which yeah. is kind of bad, um, especially for his talent. Yeah, because look, man, we know he's talented. Um, I think the only problem is that I have with him personally is, you know, he can be talented defensively, mm-hmm. but he hasn't put it out there. But again, maybe the motor's the issue uh, defensively, um, and also I think the issue is you know if he's not scoring. You know, what else is he truly bringing uh, to a basketball team? Which can be said for a lot of players. But, you know, a lot of other players, you know, defend, rebound, uh, can play make. He is just a true scorer. And sometimes he has those games where, you know, he can't do that. And and you can't really bench him because it's contract, you know. Like, it's – I think if you're a team, one of those teams that you're in the play-in and for some reason you think you have a chance – you just you see if you can match salary with Zach Levine and get him for cheap, and you know see if you know a different situation can help him. Like I, I know the Heat, I think are one of the teams interested. I mean, they're kind of they kind of have to be interested in everybody at this point. Yeah, um, especially after last night. Yeah, oh, because they got that Lowry contract to trade, and they can pretty much trade for anybody in the league uh, due to that contract. But I still don't know Levine. He's a tough player. Like I kind of want the Sixers to stay away, but I also want yeah. a team to go after him to see if that. You know, the Chicago situation just isn't for him. And it's just kind of, you know, it's it's done. And it should have ended probably sooner than, than you know, this deadline. But I hope some team goes after him. 
But he's going to be an intriguing player to watch post-deadline if he is traded. Some of these teams that kind of have to make a move if they want to get better, uh, the Warriors won. Somebody has to leave that roster, whether it's, you know, I will say earlier in the year I did talk about Jonathan Kaminga a lot. Um, he says he hasn't been getting, you know, he hasn't been paying, playing the type of way he wants to play when it comes to Steve Kerr and all that type of stuff. Uh, has I think he technically has officially asked for a trade. I'm not sure if it is official, but uh, some trade rumors have been coming out of there with Kaminga. He has not, he's not happy about the situation. Uh, Moses Moody, he's also not happy with the way he's being utilized. Yeah. Uh, Clay Thompson, Lord willing, is not going to get a new contract. Mm-hmm. If he does, uh, we've got issues in uh, the NBA front offices everywhere pretty much if yeah. he gets a contract. Um, At least the big one. I, I, yeah. 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 Um, but, yeah, they said everybody on that team is pretty much tradable at this point besides Steph. Uh, I don't think Draymond would be getting traded either. No. I don't um, even think uh, – I guess it's past the date that he's allowed to be traded to because uh, he was a free agent in the offseason, yeah. I think. So he can't be. But, yeah, man. Warriors got to do something, though. I thought, I thought they're – this is the options I had for them is, like, their last grace of hope. Mm-hmm. One was Pascal Siakam. Uh, I thought he could have been a guy that helps put them over, you know, the hump um, of, you know, the struggles that they're Would Andrew they're Wiggins right have been on yeah, that Warriors? Andrew Wiggins would have been like the Bruce Brown of that yeah. trade, just kind of matching contracts. And the other one, Larry Markkinen. But mm. I – looks like they Look, if Larry Markkinen's available, I don't see a world where the Warriors outbid OKC, let alone even maybe even the Sixers. Ooh. So, like, Larry Markkinen probably won't be available because the Jazz are – like eleven and two in their last thirteen, yeah. But I thought he would have been another option as you know some of their last hope uh, to kind of send their you know what do you, whatever you want to call it you know their crew uh, outright you know with knowing that like Clay's probably not coming back after this year. But look, man, I think they're going to be in a tough spot, and I don't know if they're going to be honest about their team at the mm. deadline. I, see, yeah. I, I think they're going to be lying to themselves about their the Warriors team. But can you blame them? I mean, Steph Curry and, and any playoff atmosphere, I guess, you you know, you always got a chance. You never know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, last on trade talks, uh, Lakers also kind of have to make a move. Uh, their lineup, I don't know if – I don't believe they still run this exact lineup, but when they moved Russell to the bench, uh, I think they had Braun running, running the one. <laughs> um, I think Vanderbilt was in there. ED, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, Cam Reddish was on the floor. There's a guy I'm for touring Prince also. Yeah, that's weird. That man. ain't it, Chief. It's it's that it's weird. It. Like the Lakers are one of those teams that they feel like they have too many forwards. Like oh for sure, oh for sure. Like I understand LeBron can play the point guard, but LeBron can play the point guard in a sense that he's actually the small forward size wise and it and physicality wise, yeah. but he's bringing the ball up. Uh, I don't like that you have. You know, LeBron in there with, you know, forwards that are solid at shooting. Yeah. But you're going to go guard a LeBron drive over making sure that, that Torian Prince isn't getting oh, yeah. a, an open three. Exactly. Um, so I think that's the issue. Gabe Vincent obviously not, you know, being healthy so far has been bad because he was one of those players in he where, you know, you couldn't sag off him because if he caught it and he had a little bit of room, you know, he was going to let it fly. Um, but... Look, the Lakers, I really don't know what, what options there are. I think they're going to be the team that maybe ends up with Murray at the deadline uh, just because I think they're they're going to think that they have to do something, and I think Murray is maybe the only solution that 
make sense because I think Murray brings that stardom that you kind of need offensively mm-hmm. uh, for this team to be better. Um, and I don't know if Caruso would truly be a great fit because I, you know, uh, I would say no. Uh, yeah, you know it's tough. Uh, there's not a lot of guards. There's a lot of forwards. That's for yeah. sure. Uh, you know, a lot of forwards that are probably going to be available. Um, you know, whether that be Dorian Finney-Smith, pretty much any power forward on the Brooklyn Nets um, available, and you know, Larry Market and possibly being available, uh, but they can't get Larry Market, and they don't have enough. But yeah. I, I don't really know. Do you have Do you have any clue? Of, you know what they you feel like they should trade this, for like outside Murray because I feel like Murray makes sense, but it feels like they're just pushing it too much. This is the year where Rob. Palenka has to really show us why. Like last year, he did a great job at the deadline, but this year he's got to be like, he really needs to show us why he's in the position he's in because at the rate they're at right now, one of the last playing teams, not one of the last because the Warriors are stored. They'll be a a playing team the way they're playing right now uh, if they keep this up because they can't go on hot streaks or anything like that. Even when they start games slow because they don't, all, they don't have that type of offense where you're going, going out fast or anything because the guys you have on the court are and all they also tall can't outshoot teams. Exactly, they can't outshoot teams, issue. and that's how you win a lot of games in the NBA. Is just simply having shooters and like they don't even have like a DeAnthony Mellon, like the, a guy that can, Exa- yeah. you know, can just do that. I will. Uh, one of these, they have to make a trade now, whether it's Rui, uh, Jackson Hayes, Vanderbilt, or Cam Reddish. Whenever that trade does happen, I can't believe at least one of those four or maybe two of those four would be on the team after that. But I, those are one of those guys. Those four are the ones I see. All right, these are immediate, the highest on the trade block right yeah. now, and then we'll see what we can get in return from. But they got to do something. I think they got to do it fast. I think what maybe is why, you know, they're we mentioned how they're kind of poorly structured. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons is Jared Vanderbilt. You know, I think he's a very valuable player. Is he a very valuable player on the Lakers? I don't think so. Yeah. Cool. Um, but I think he would succeed elsewhere because he's that guy. He's going to be in the dunker spot. He can hit a corner three. He's actually kind of, uh, at least from the Lakers games I've watched, looks like a little bit better of a three-point shooter. A yeah. Um, but he's one of those guys that, you know, they're not going to respect him in the corner, though. Not like, sure. that's a shot he's going to get all game. Um, but, you know, so it, it hurts Anthony Davis in the paint. It hurts LeBron in the paint. Yeah. And, you know, Vanderbilt as a defender, you're kind of asking him to guard guards now, uh, which he can. But I feel like that's it's kind of like you're not. We talked about OG Ananobi earlier. You're not asking OG Ananobi to guard Giannis Antetokounmpo from tip off to the final buzzer, but he can do it. Yeah. But Jared Vanderbilt is being asked to guard guards. It feels like from tip off to the buzzer, and you know that's not something you know. I feel like he's he deserves spot minutes of him guarding you know the Steph Curry's of the world like he did in the playoffs and did a good job of. But just for, you know, the fourth quarter, just for, you know, to give him a different look. But now it feels like in the regular season he's got the same guard matchup almost all game long. Yeah, and they've kind of been transferring Cam Reddish into that role a little bit too. Yeah. Give him the top guard to guard and see how he goes out there and does. And that's pretty much what his focus on is in the game, which offensively he has declined over a bit over the years. But it is what it is. Lakers have to make a move at some point, though, or else they'll be – Towards the bottom when it comes to the play-in. Shoot, there's a chance. Honestly, there's a chance any of these teams could slip out of the play-in, though, the way the West is uh, structured. I mean, look at the Jazz all of a sudden coming exactly, up. Yeah. yeah, I mean. I would say they, the way they've been playing, they might stick around, too, especially. Yeah. All right, uh, moving on to the last part here, segment one, before we take a quick, quick break. Um, Joel Embiid, uh, we may have a slight issue here. Joel Embiid is easily 
when he comes off, when he goes onto the court, has been one of the best players on the court the last month when he's been able to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but last year, when the NBA got their new CBA, uh, they said, "Hey, with these awards, you got to play a certain amount of games." Yeah, and um, Embiid has missed a handful of games. I do have the exact numbers up here, so you have to play sixty-five regular season games to be have an award, whatever that award uh-huh. is. Before the Nuggets game, the Sixers had 44 left. So let's say they got 43 left now. He can only miss seven more games the rest of the year or else he's not going to be able to have that award. And it would be a shame because the way he's been playing, Mm -hmm. first of all, right now, he's obviously the MVP right now. Yeah. Uh, He's he's almost the favorite even with this, like, you know, kind of being the the shadow or dark cloud over can he win it. But. Hey, yeah, he's you know he got to play, but same time last year he played. Uh, he only missed four games from this time last year to the end of the, to the year. End of the year? I, I think the problem with a lot of the missed games early, he obviously had some knee swelling, and then yeah, he you know he he's had those little injuries where he, they're also playing like back to backs. Like the NBA has scheduled so many back to backs for every team. It feels like uh, in the NBA uh, through the first couple months or so. Once you get to February and Je- March, though, the schedule kind of opens up, and there really is only like a back to back in April, and that's yeah. about it. Like I think that's usually yeah, the last yeah, games of yeah. the season. I think yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's so I like I don't really have any problem with him, um, you know, playing the games. You just wonder. I, I was going to ask you this because I knew we were going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Do you think now that they have that requirement that voters? won't care as long as you're qualified versus, you know, last, like years past, you know, if Embiid played 68, but Jokic played 82, they would take that into account. Would you think they'll still take that into account? Or do you think if you play 65 plus you're automatic, like it, it's even playing. Field. I feel like it depends on how big the, uh, yeah, this, yeah. Cause like if you have a Jokic that somehow is able to finish the regular season this year, playing 68 games, but uh, let's, who's a, let's say Luca. Because we're not yeah. going to say Embiid for this. Let's say yeah. Luca. You know he gets an injury and he's out for three weeks, but he keeps doing Luca things. Yeah, yeah not enough games. It's just I do. It's going to be interesting because I also be. heard some reporters. Uh, you know, not just to change the topic off the MVP race, mm-hmm. but some reporters say that even though the all NBA teams are positionless, they're still going to do positions. Like be, some reporters, which I feel like they should. I can respect. You it. can't have like. You can't have, Four for example, on the first. <laughs> Jokic and Bede and Bam's low-key been cooking this season, too. Yeah. You can't have three of those on one team. Uh, Bam probably isn't going to be a first-team uh, first type of guy this yeah. year, but he's been having a great season as well. They don't want to have situations like that. Mm-hmm. So I'd, mm-hmm. I do respect some of the guys still doing it position-wise, even though it's position-less technically yeah. at this point. But, man, Embiid, I mean— I wasn't one because I originally, I think it was like a week ago, uh, Keith Pompey put out a tweet saying, hey, you know, Embiid's got to play 65 games. Yeah. And it, it wasn't even clicking for me at that point because, like, I had to realize, yeah, he missed a couple, he missed some time. But yeah. I didn't realize. It's because like, it's he had, like, the two injuries that yeah. forced him to miss, like, four games each. And, and then I think the swelling with the knee was like he was ready to play, but then they realized it was swelling. So then he missed a couple more games. So then yeah. that was out. Because he had that rolled ankle and it was yeah. just, you know. I I'm, I was a little scared, but but it's, after the way he played, um, but it's it's Tuesday. ridiculous the season he's having, man. It, it, like it I really like is. I really like you can't like fathom it in the sense that he's like gonna, he's on pace to win another scoring title and not just a normal scoring title. Like thirty five, like I think I think it's only four players have 
um, score averaged. Uh, Sorry about that. That was that laundry timer right there. <laughs> but uh, I think only four players have averaged 35-plus points per game, and right now he's averaging just above that. Sheesh. And he's a center. Um, it's, you know, you know, defensively, you know, it's easier to kind of hold a center down to less points and force him to pass. Yeah. And he's also improved that. Like six over six assists a game, sixty five percent true shooting. Which those he's improved assists, his rebound. I would have never thought he was going to add that to his game. Like he's a great player, but I didn't think that that was a part of the game that he wanted to work on specifically. And he's yeah. shown that. I, that did surprise it's me. It's great. Bit I mean, him and Maxi have just kind of been that that fit that is, you know, they don't even have to try to fit together. They just naturally do, and you know. 18 straight 30 plus point games like he is yeah 14 away from Harden and uh, you know I don't know when he's going to slow down or if he's going to slow down but he's doing it in three quarters Kevin Durant tweeted yeah. it the other day uh, like all he needs is three quarters and I think that's the most impressive thing is look statistically compared to last year where he obviously won MVP his minutes are down mm-hmm. his points are up his rebounds are up his assists is up Sheesh. his efficiency's up like it, it it doesn't make sense. The Sixers are winning more games. Yeah. They're actually, like, if the Sixers were just 500 without them, like, they would be uh, neck and neck with the Celtics, I believe, because uh, they're, like, 2-7. and seven, mm. Or 2-6, uh, I think, without, without Embiid. Um, somewhere around there. 2-6, uh, 2-5, two 2-7. And two and uh, I know they won two games. Um, but, yeah. And I think that's another part of the MVP race. You know, we kind of always talked about MVPs. Like, if you take them off the team, how bad are they? Yeah. Like, the Sixers are... Not that the players are bad, um, but simply, you know, with that too many hypothetical, of the they have too many players that are counting on Embiid's presence. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yep. So, you know, value-wise, like, he is the system, um, and, you know, we see it with his points, his assists, and, you know, it's great. I mean, you, you come every year, you're like, how is he going to get better, and he finds a way to get better. I saw, actually, Sixers fans tweet, um, even a reporter say, you know, they have to cash in now because who knows if Embiid's going to get, you know, this might be the best Embiid you get. I've been hearing that for the last three years. Um, <laughs> like, that's a good point. Like, yeah. um, but no, his point is true that the Sixers should cash in at this deadline. Um, but you know, it's it's ridiculous the player that he he is, and you know, I I just hope one day you know he is everybody appreciates him because you know the yeah. narrative around him. He he knows it. He said it in his press, uh, you know, his post game press conferences that you know if you just say Joel Embiid, you know, it's gonna get attention. It's gonna get likes on Twitter and. You know, he, he's a generational player, and you know it's up to other people if they want to enjoy it. Because I'm I'm watching a seven foot center, average six plus assists, be very efficient, and average thirty five points per game. And you know when I, Kate Scott said it best, I think during a broadcast, when you see his face next to a bunch of other, like whatever you want to call them, uh, like almost like profile pictures of like you know the players and the graphics. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. When you see black and white pictures next to you know, Joel Embiid, you know you're doing something right because you're doing something that they haven't done in 60 years. And oh yeah, 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 like the Will Chamberlain stuff because he also is has 17 straight double doubles. Um, I wasn't aware of that, and uh, he luckily saved it because he didn't have 10 rebounds last game, but he got 10 assists. So uh, they they change it from 30 points, 10 rebounds to, or I should say, 17 straight 30 point double doubles is what it is. Uh, Because double doubles, you know. Some some guys will have like sixty of them, but only average like uh, 
15 points per game. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's ridiculous. And he's a runaway MVP as long as, you know, I think, as long as he reaches that limit uh, of 65 games. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm ready to have some uncomfortable conversations about how good this season is if it continues. Um, I'm, I'm talking like 2013 LeBron. Uh, type stuff mm-hmm. that he's doing because defensively he's been you know Sixers are a top five defense um yeah and you know a lot of it's due to him he's averaging two blocks a game so I hope he gets the MVP obviously uh first team I also hope you know he gets recognition defensively like I just mentioned but and shout out to him man hoping that he can play the uh, amount of games that he needs to play to receive the award we were going to take a break but we don't even really have that much, you know, to go through. So we're just going to keep going through this right now. Uh, keep going to the rookie race. Then we'll take a look at rivalry week, which is coming up in a bit. But we'll, we'll take a step off in just a moment. Back here on the N1 podcast, your two hosts, Doc and Butler. Only us two for today. We will be back to normal, though, on Monday with two other guests with us. Uh, moving on with the show, the rookie race when it comes to rookie MVP. Yeah, the rookie award <laughs> when it comes down to it. Uh, it's gotten shaken up a little, or shooken up, excuse me, a little bit. Uh, Shet Holmgren was at the top spot for a decent amount of time during the season. Um, his team was winning, and the other guy's team wasn't. But that other guy has overtaken him as of recently. Uh, Victor Wembanyama is right now number one on the rookie leaderboard. Shet has dropped to two after... Mediocre play, uh, some would say, from Chet, but also Wemby has just been doing some great things, uh, even though most of them are in losses. He has been doing some great things on the court. Uh, I do like, though, as you know, rivalry week was something we're talking about next. We can still kind of hook these two in together. Uh, are they playing each other? They are. Oh, I didn't even know yeah. that. Because, again, we I remember we talked about this preseason, but we really haven't touched on it since. And all the games uh, for NBA Rivalry Week, of course, will be televised on other, you know, TNT, ABC, ESPN, all those type of things. Uh, we'll say before we take a look at this, uh, NBA League Pass, for, a little bit off topic, but I had to get this <laughs> off. So you know how fans, when it comes to Kate Scott's announcing they have issues, they say, uh, sounds like a Homer broadcast and all mm-hmm. that. Like, that's the point. I'll t- any of those fans that say it's a Homer broadcast, do not listen to any of oh else. Dude, the Pacers games, I can't listen to the announcers. Really? I can't do it. It's so much we. It's so much we. It's so much. Oh, right. It's so much. No, I can't no. listen to them. You know I watched, remember that Pacers-Celtics game about two weeks ago uh, where it was a controversial couple calls at the end? Uh, Chris Stops fouled. Uh, I forget mm. who went on three. I think it was uh, Benedict Matherin. Off the top of my head, I um, can't remember at the moment. So it was like early January, I believe. And I was watching it because, you know, as a Sixers fan, you know, the Sixers are close to Celtics and standings. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know, it's a close game at the end. Let's let's see what's, go- what's going on. Um, and, oh, my God, the Celtics brought – I didn't even know the Pacers – Broadcast is. Uh, I wish. I wish <laughs> I, I have something about the Celtics I, after you. I wish too. I got to listen to the Pacers because the Celtics <laughs> one was also biased. Like Fried Scalabrini was like yelling like no at the top of his lungs like when uh, the foul was called at the end. Um, but it's like that's kind of the point of yeah. home broadcast. So like, what's the point of complaining? Like it really bothers you so much, and you know, just uh, listen to it on mute. But it, like the point of it is that. It's for the fans in the area. Exactly. And, like, they're also... Like, I, I enjoy a little bit of a biased broadcast. I also find it very funny that Al Adenabi will try to say, like, this call's unfair just because he's rooting for the Sixers. <laughs> but he's, like, just grabbing his arm. Like, I, I just laugh at it. But a lot of people do take it serious, like you said. Yeah, and it's just... Taking a look at... Because 
and I will say NBA League Pass is one of the greatest. They have this new thing too called Clutch Time, which after all, how how does that work? So the games that are in the third quarter or beyond, they'll just put them up four on a screen. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah and okay. then they'll go between. I remember the they tried to do that on TV. That. Remember they last year they tried to do like a red zone. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, they got it now. They got it down for okay. NBA TV now, nice. and it actually, I like it a lot. Yeah, um, but there's. Uh, the Pistons are another one. I, I've tuned into a couple Pistons games. It's tough. Mm. <laughs> it is, but those Pacers games, they are really. Even I've talked to some Pacers fans. They're like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it. Sometimes it's just so much. We this. We, <laughs> it's just so much uh, of the homer. But that's how some fans like it, though. Uh, taking a look at some of these NBA rival week games. The first one, well, not the first one technically on the schedule, but because we were talking about those two. OKC will head on down to San Antonio uh, January 24th. That will be on ESPN. What day of the week is the 24th? That's a Wednesday. Um, <laughs> sorry, I got distracted there for a little bit. Um, but that'll be a good... Well, honestly, I don't know if it will be a It will have a good matchup. It'll have a... Don't know if it'll be a good <laughs> matchup. <laughs> but it'll have one uh, between yeah. Chet and Wemby. That'll be a good one as well. I don't know. I, something about the Spurs being on national TV... At home. Uh, remember that Lakers? Uh, they have two. Yeah, like, something about it. Oh, wait, the Blazers. Per- oh. NBA TV. Technically doesn't yeah, count. Yeah, that don't yeah, count. That, that's count. not count. count. That's just one, to yeah. make, like, the Detroit Pistons fans feel better about, like, <laughs> them having national TV games. It's just NBA TV, though. And, yeah, the Pistons don't even have any on there. No, nah, the Pistons. Yeah. What even is their rival themselves? <laughs> Pist- uh, Pistons open scrimmage rivalry. Uh, week. <laughs> can't really think of a team... To really match up I against think, like, them, the, them rivalry, the Bucks maybe. used to have a little bit of a rivalry uh, back, like when Blake Griffin and Andre yeah. Drummond were there. Yeah, I guess that I was thinking Bulls way back, <laughs> MJ. And yeah, all that. yeah. But like other than that, uh, I really don't know a team. That I think they're trying rival. to create these new rivalries. Uh, clearly, um, which I kind of like because some of them they well, still have the old ones like Brooklyn Knicks. Yeah. Some uh, of these Heat won't Knicks. be able to last because some of these guys won't be on the team. Like one, they made the Mavs and the Hawks. Luca and Trey, mm-hmm. but uh, it doesn't look like Trey's going to be on that team for too much longer. Whether yeah. that's next year, this year, next year, or the year after, so that'll be a rivalry that moves just because how close they were when they got picked. Uh-huh. But, like that's definitely a fabricate fabricated one. Excuse me, uh, Warriors Lakers is its own thing, of course. Nowadays, uh, what else do we have on the schedule here? The first one, technically, the Nets and Knicks. Mm. It's 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 what it it's whatever. it's a rivalry I guess it's it's, it's a rivalry. Uh, me personally, I probably would have preferred if that game would have been in, at MSG. Uh, oh, it's in do. Brooklyn. Yeah, it's in Brooklyn. Yeah, I don't like that. Uh, it's just that MSG crowd is different. It's almost you, the next one, Lakers Clippers. Do you almost prefer that it's a Clippers home game just because it's going to be kind of? But another thing, I something I like, I like. Uh, when the broadcast takes time to show the fans that showed up, yeah, I, I like that type of stuff. Now, obviously, we'll get more with the Lakers than with the Clippers, probably. Mm-hmm. But you never know. I, I honestly, the Clippers games have been a little louder they than, have been than up I a typically, bit. Yeah. you know, usually feel like they were. Um, what else? Oh, uh, now this is a rivalry right here. <laughs> I hope everybody's healthy for it too. The Dallas Mavericks and the Phoenix Suns. Uh, mm. That is one that. The NBA realized what they had here, and they were like, all right, these are two teams that are going to meet further down the line in the playoffs again at some point, too. Uh, this is a rivalry that will be alive for some years as long as Luka and Booker are on those two respective teams. But obviously the Suns add uh, KD, I believe Beal is healthy. Yeah, 
I'm scared to use that word around him though. Yeah, I, uh, he's I actually, he actually had a really going to start playing in the season, but then he missed. Yeah, another he actually months. had a really good game uh, against. Was it the Kings? I don't. I, I don't count me on it, but uh, he was cooking uh, somebody. I remember. Uh, and he did a great job. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's nice. He's one of those pure hoopers you just, you know, love to watch. I'm ready uh, for the rematch. Nuggets and Sixers, that one mm. in Denver. Is he when beats that postgame? I did not. Know. Uh, well, first he said, which is going to maybe another topic for another day, but he said that Jokic is the best player in the NBA. He gave him his props. And mm. I'm not going to dive deep into this, but apparently, like, ESP, I saw ESPN, like, NBA Today was like, is this a problem? Why is Embiid, you know, Oh, like God. if he said he was the best player in the NBA, guys. it would have been a problem. Uh, but it, now that he gives props, he gave props to Jokic. Uh, his problem, but he said he also said he told Jokic that uh, he'll see him in a week, and uh, yeah. he, he's excited. Uh, and you know, keep doing your thing. Uh, he said to Jokic, and which is pretty cool because they definitely have respect for each other. But you can see, you know, they both know like how big this rivalry is, and it's kind of weird. You know, we haven't, we've never like my lifetime, we've never seen you know centers like oh. like this oh yeah like the center rivalries are from before my time and before our time yeah and it's kind of cool to have like your own because it almost felt like the centers were fading away but that game is going to be special and so on abc I, I hope mike breen's finally on a game because i uh, see i don't he never call sixers game uh, I, actually I don't like know Mark if i want to hear doc that's the thing. Is, uh, is we got to choose between? We there. might have to talk about this. Is, is Doc Rivers dodging Sixers games? <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm so serious. Like, why is Mike Breen doing the ten o'clock games? Yeah, um, yeah. That's like that, that the, doesn't even sound. The right. days the Sixers are on ESPN. I love Mark Jones though. So if it's Mark Jones, I'm perfectly fine with that too. Yeah. Um, that's on uh, a Mark Saturday. Jones doesn't get too many Sixers games. Yeah, he, he was on the Kings uh, yeah. Sixers, which is weird because usually they don't let Mike Breen do Knicks ESPN games because he's yeah, the Knicks, yeah. but they let Mark Jones do a Kings the King. uh, Six. Oh, he doesn't show weird. any bias. I kind of always forget he's the Kings. Uh, I forget too until I'm watching a specific like home broadcast yeah. of the Kings <laughs> and it's him on the. I'm like, oh yeah, that is his voice. Yeah, right I forgot he does that too. As well. That game's gonna be special though. I don't know too many games I'm looking forward to this. I think they have to create Last themselves. Last year they did it a bit better. They have to create they themselves. I think yeah. the Sixers played like almost every, every like three games in rivalry week. But uh Kings Warriors, solid. Celtics Heat, solid. Uh Thunder Spurs, you know, we talked about rookie of the year. Uh solid. Um Knicks Heat. Uh, um Blazers Spurs, that one. Again, we just we said it's on NBA TV, so it doesn't really count. But it's rough. That, that game's rough. Portland, Portland, yeah, Portland. Honestly, I think we could be reaching a debate between who's worse between Portland and uh, Detroit uh, by the end of the year. Let's see. If we throw them up head and head. I would mm. today. I would, I'm taking Detroit. I would favor. I think. Give me a well, healthy sharp, cane. sharps, sharp, uh, shooting sharp. Uh, is, Give me everybody is healthy. Y'all. I don't know when he's what his injury is, but I think he's being reevaluated in two weeks. I Shaden? would say, yeah, Shaden. Um, but yeah, I ain't gonna lie, man. The Pistons got out for for being a bad team. You know, they were in a lot of those games, especially you know when everybody was watching. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of. There'll never be another time like that. A losing <laughs> team where everybody that. Game with the Celtics. Oh my god! Oh my dude, I, I think I think Sheesh. that might be more highly rated than like some of the <laughs> some of the playoff games this year. Oh, uh, oh yeah, like like even second round games and all that. That was great. Um, but yeah, that the week will round out with the Lakers and the Warriors. That that could be anything. That could be a 
game we all tune into or it'll be a game where nobody tunes into it <laughs> for some reason Steph Curry goes down the line with three minutes left or three seconds left and hits a game win. Uh, anything could happen yeah. in any of these games but I do like the NBA doing this type of thing with the rivalries excuse me I do like that uh, kind of amping up things I like competitiveness when it's at its highest as well mm-hmm. but, uh, anything for you uh, no for me before I go to this uh, so I was watching a bit of the Spurs and Celtics last night mm-hmm I don't know if it was Scalabrini, but somebody on that Boston uh, TV broadcast, one of the... Their broad- play-by-plays also, uh, you know... One of them was in a hoodie. <laughs> really? Yes. Are you serious? He had a hoodie on with the suit jacket over... Classic Kendrick Perkins. Oh, okay, type. okay, okay. That's the type of... It, it rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I saw that, and I was like... And this was maybe early, mid-first quarter. They put mm-hmm. the camera on, and I was like, yeah, hoodie. But I guess you can do those type of things in Boston. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, last night was an interesting night uh, for NBA. Yeah, it was. DeAndre Eaton, you know, not showing up because of ice, uh, which fair, <laughs> but it's just funny. Yeah, it's yeah. just funny. Like I'm not blaming him, but it's some. I think everybody can laugh at. Yeah, that is. Dejounte um, Murray hit a game winner. Uh, that was pretty cool because uh, it was funny because you know a lot of you know he's, he's on the trade block obviously and you know he's. And you saw Trey Young kind of begging for the ball, and it looked kind of mad that he didn't get the ball. Like before he made the shot, I'm not going to say he, was, he he seemed perfectly fine after Murray made the shot. But you know, a lot of people were like, "Oh, you know, look at Trey begging for the ball," and I'm like, "Well, speaking, can of you that, blame him?" <laughs> speaking of asking for the ball, uh, did you see Dame's game winner, Brooke Lopez? <laughs> yeah. After he handed it off to him, he <laughs> asked for it back, he and said, then Give after it, back. it goes in. I assume it was just shock that it yeah. went in because obviously everybody on, wants to give their own opinions. There, he's obviously not celebrating <laughs> immediately. Yeah, because he's still in like in the middle of the court. He didn't go immediately to the bench or anything. I felt like that was just like shock. Oh, dang! It went in. It went. <laughs> but like people, are, of course, are like, oh, he wanted the ball. Yeah, yeah. it's not that. Big that game was deal. weird. I mean, Lopez knows who he is. That, that, <laughs> he knows yeah. who he is. That game was weird. The Kings. I can't believe the Kings uh, really blew that one. They couldn't make free throws yeah. at the end. And now uh, we'll get to it later because they play tonight. Uh, so we'll have to um, talk about them. One of those other, oh yeah, and then the Cavs just clapped the Bucks last night, pretty much. Not even competitive. And then also the Raptors, uh, they cooked the heat last night. And it was also cool seeing Paul George uh, hoop against the Thunder the other night. Uh, that was he had, oh, that was like prime Paul George. Oh, the game that was on. Yeah, he had like uh, you know the TNT. I think it was TNT. Uh, TNT, yeah, because it, it was after the Nuggets Sixers. That was a good night of hoops. That, uh, oh, that was great. That was a good night. It even was, the game that wasn't. Yeah, on, even uh, dude. Oh my, oh, oh, yeah, I did Kings not. Game. I saw the Kings were up twenty, and again, I'm, we had to talk about them later because they're playing the Pacers tonight, and that's you know even without Siakam and Halbert playing, that's still maybe one of the better games tonight. W- wow, I, I I couldn't believe. Like I don't know what's going on. Whether it's a sub, like Sabonis, you know, maybe is. You know, not himself, not kind of. himself. Like, def- like, cause we know who who he is defensively, and I think that's part of the problem is that you know he's got to pick it up on the other end a lot more because you know who he is defensively. And I mean, like, they let, they let Grayson Allen just wide open in the corner. Yeah, that was it, tough. Grayson Allen had a wide open three almost every possession. Yeah. It felt like down the stretch. Like, I kept looking at it. I, and I was, was like, I was like, where did they get bl- six in the first half? Yeah, maybe something like that. I was like, where do they blow this? Because yeah. it was, I mean, it was you know, a 20-point game up until, like, halfway through the fourth quarter. Uh, and it was one of those games where, you know, you're like, like you might be pulling your starters. <laughs> like, yeah. like, and they lost. Um, so, yeah, but, uh, you know, the NBA's been picking up, uh, and gladly. Been. This, um, is, this is the time of year, once the NFL starts to die down, we're at the point where the NFL's only got 
two, three games a day max. I was this is the most this game's coming up Saturday, two on Saturday, of course. But then mm-hmm. NBA starts to take over a little bit. Uh, this is my time of year. I'm very glad. I don't know. Do you have a NBA league pass? I do, but I tend not to use it. Uh, it's I gotta, I'm gonna definitely gonna use it more. Uh, obviously, I just like and this just, is the time. I pull of up the game on my phone, too. and uh, yeah, yeah I like if the game's close at the end, I pull it up on my phone. But like, this is the time of the year where like I truly watch like a Pacers game from tip off to buzzer. Yep. You know, um, <laughs> like not just I'm watching the final six minutes. Yeah, like um, how I am from November to early yeah, December. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it's reaching that time. Tonight might not be one of those nights. Yeah, we, can, we can actually go <laughs> yeah. into that too. Because so uh, tonight, you know, the games aren't too great. I think there could be some good matchups. You know, Wizards, Knicks, I think uh, we can just kind of skip over that yeah, one. Give uh, no issue there. Bulls, Ra- Raptors. This is... These teams always play weird games. I don't know if you remember. Was it this season or was it early last season? They played in the play-in, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm sure, you know, that was one of the most infamous playoff play-in games. Um, But I think it was early this year. There was a Bulls-Raptors game. And, dude, the score was like... 18-9 Eighteen and nine at the end of the first, or something. Um, well, I'm gonna find it while we talk and while we give our picks. But uh, I think I think I really like this Raptors team now. And and yeah. I, we didn't mention it earlier with the passing of the Warriors assistant coach. But did you see? Um, apparently the they Raptors ran, the ran a play yeah. and, and they scored on it, which is is a really cool moment. And uh, you know, again, a very sad time uh, for the NBA, but. You know the Raptors. You know they they're playing ball, man. Uh, I really like. You know they they had a a West Coast trip where they played the Lakers very well and they played the Clip, Clippers very well, but they lost both. Uh, they have the sadly. type of roster to play the Lakers yeah. pretty well too. And they play the Celtics pretty well, and then they ended up finally winning a game against the Miami Heat in a convincing fashion. Um, but again, now they're playing uh, the Bulls once again. But I'm trying to find this game because I. Yeah. It was it was it was nasty. This was this is a TNT one too as well. Oh yeah, it was second game of the year. Second game of the year. It, it wasn't as bad as I said. I said eighteen nine. Uh, but like it was late in the first quarter and it was like that. It was twenty four eighteen at the end of the first uh, quarter, and then mm-hmm. the second quarter they both scored even less than that. So Sheesh. the halftime score was forty two to thirty five. Um, and this game went to o- points this game went to overtime. And if it didn't go to overtime, both these teams would have not touched 95-plus points. Oh, sheesh. So uh, they played a very nasty game, which is weird because Scotty Barnes had a triple-double in this game. Um, and if you just look at the stats. That's like, how you know he's a great player. If you're able to have a triple-double in that type of game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was it was good. second game of the year, too. Uh, so this was he kind of started off the year well. But now they match up tonight, and I don't know who you're picking for this, but I think i got to go Raptors. It's kind of a toss-up. Because Raptors obviously no Bulls have also been playing pretty I well. Recently. No Bruce Brown as well in this. Yeah. Uh, no Bruce playing, but the Bulls have been playing well. I mean they they've, they've they had a favorable favorable schedule. They um, do have a couple guys questionable tonight, but I do feel like the guys that they have questionable don't give me the Bulls. Yeah, give me the Bulls. Yeah, uh, Io. Uh, drunk, Actually, drunk it does not man. list uh, Bruce Brown on the injury report, uh, so he might play. Um, That'd be wild. Potal's out, and uh, Otto Porter Jr. is out, though. I don't think I've seen Otto Porter Jr. touch the court this year. I haven't. So. I've, I don't think I've seen Otto Porter Jr. on a court since he was cooking on the Warriors yeah. uh, in and that I finals. I don't think about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think we, we both went Raptors, right? Yeah. yeah. So Another good one. OKC Utah is a very good one. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, three weeks ago, it would not too. have been a good one. 
which is weird because these teams got some history. Uh, I feel like they do, yeah. not the teams they currently have, but you know, just uh, organizations as a whole. So, mm, OKC. I'm gonna have to lean OKC only because they're coming off of that loss. Something's going on with the Jazz, man. They are. They are. They're they're a good team. I I don't know what happened. I know, like Will Hardy's a very good coach, and I always kind of said that. But uh, I just can't think they were awful in like yeah. Dece- like early December. Yeah, it was, I was. They've lost one game. I, di- I didn't think for a second playing anything. With yeah, them. they've I lost one game that. in January, and that was to the Boston Celtics. So for me, they beaten the Nuggets. They beaten the Bucks. They beaten the Sixers without a beat. Um, but they beat the Sixers, Bucks, Nuggets all back to back to back in January, and now they're coming off. You know. They're they're on a good. This is going to be their fourth straight home game. Uh, would have been their fifth straight. The Warriors game didn't uh, uh, get postponed. Get, po- yeah. get postponed. It actually is their fifth straight. It would have been their sixth straight. Um, so yeah, I mean, they're look, man, they're balling. Uh, they're all of a sudden over five hundred, and I, I think I'm going to lean them. But uh, I don't know why. I'm <laughs> only I'm leading OKC for a couple of reasons. Uh, they're on a two game skid at the moment. I can't see Dagnall allowing them to get to three, mm-hmm. and then they also play the Timberwolves on Saturday. So I don't see him get allowing that to even eclipse the four. Yeah. So this is a kind of you need this one game because they're scheduled uh, after that Timberwolves game on Saturday does ease up a little bit. But I get it. Start I, to get up into a little win streak here. This is a good game to kind of get off. To this right probably now. will be a game I'll probably. But it is in into. Utah though, so uh, and Utah's healthy as well. Mm-hmm. So they'll have everybody out there and. That'll be a good one, though. Actually, yeah, I think I'm I think that that'll be the game to kind of I'll be score watching and then seeing if it's uh closely and maybe I'll load up the lead pass for it actually, uh, because the next game Memphis Minnesota. Yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm all right. Uh, yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. <laughs> it, it's weird. Uh, two of the best games tonight are not uh, are not on national TV. The yeah. that, and that's usually how it gets. Yeah, you, especially during this time of year, they they. Do the TV schedule so early in advance, and the NBA doesn't want to flex stuff the way the NFL flex. I almost stuff. wish they like did it monthly, you know. Like I understand that, yeah. Because imagine like it's January and the schedule's about to come out, and everybody's like, "We want to see the Pistons," <laughs> like, <laughs> and all of a sudden the Pistons are getting, you know, these national TV games because everybody's trying to watch this losing streak. Um and you know, you know, injuries obviously change. Like the Grizzlies are, you know, they kind of been saving these national TV games because they knew what job would be back after twenty five games. Yep. So now we're gonna have to kind of deal with it. Um, if, the, if the Grizzlies do start to decline, decline though, I do feel like then they'll start to move stuff. If it gets serious, serious, yeah, because Marcus Smart's obviously like that's a guy that could be available. Will he? Because they gave up so much, I feel like you gotta at least try it again next year. Yeah, but. uh they, yeah. should be, they should be a good squad next year. Yeah, yeah but uh, I'm going Minnesota, obviously. Yeah, easy on this one as well. And then what could be the best game of the night? Well, yeah, even though Halliburton won't be playing, still could be one of the better games. With the way the, the Kings are playing, it probably will be a better Actually, game. I rephrase that. After taking a look at this injury report for the Pacers, I assume the guys that are questionable, which is Matherin, Nemhard, Naismith, and Toppin, will still play. Uh, obviously, Siakam and Halliburton out. But uh, Matherin's a guy, if Halliburton's out and Siakam's not ready to play, obviously, yet, Matherin's got to do a little bit more. Mm-hmm. He was that guy last year where nobody expected anything from you, but you were able to do that. Yeah. Uh, this year so far, he's kind of been underwhelming. 
I'll say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, like again, I mentioned we mentioned the Boston game earlier. Pacers, Boston. Uh, yeah, he had the clutch free throws. He had twenty six points in that one, and he's kind of just you know floated around his fourteen points per game since. So I'm hoping you know uh, he should he should you know step up scoring wise, especially against the Kings defense right now. That yeah. Don't seem to have too many answers, and as a team, I watching them. I mean, I watch Sixers Kings obviously on national TV. You know, mm-hmm. I see the what reason they struggle, the reasons they struggle um, defensively, uh, and even offensively. Some you know, it's a make or miss league, and they just weren't making their shots that night. But they just they haven't looked good, man. Uh, they look if you look down, they they lost to the Sixers without Embiid. Um, they lost to the Bucks in a game where if they just hit, they came back actually in that game, and they actually have a lot of comebacks this year. They've come back down twenty plus points three times now yeah. this season. Yeah. I, I believe is the stat. I think it is, sir. Yeah, I and saw that the other day the six they lost the Sixers. They weren't able to come back down twenty plus in that one uh, without a bead. That that Bucks game. I mean, ugh, Malik Monk went over two from the line, up like four points, and allowed the Bucks to stay in it, and then. You know, De'Aaron Fox misses that, misses a free throw as well uh, to put him up three. And, you know, Dame takes advantage hits a three for the win instead of another overtime. And then they choked a big lead to the Suns. And right now they, they need to get something going. And, and the Pacers sitting, uh, not sitting, but, uh, you know, not being able to have Halliburton and Siakam out there. Like, they need to take advantage right now uh, and get past this three-game skid. So uh, that's why I'm going to go with them. But this is going to be definitely a game to watch, and if they lose, so some some's got to change uh, with the Kings. Even with their kind of impressive record, they haven't impressed me as as much as the team still. I think I am leaning towards the Kings. Uh, both teams with the same exact record, which I didn't know. Um, I think I am leaning towards the Kings only because Halberton does so much for this Pacers team, mm-hmm. and Bruce Brown, when Halberton wasn't on the court, did so much for this Pacers team. Yeah, but both guys, you're not going to have. Um, I would say, you know, a lot of points are going to be scored, but... Yeah, you never know. uh, This Pacers team somehow is still scoring without Halliburton. Which I'm trying to figure out, and I really haven't been able to figure out what they do. Like, usually you can put it together. Usually you can put it together of like, oh, you know, like, they got like what I call shooting luck of just, you know, know, guys are on. Uh, Yeah. But... Uh, they, they I really don't game. see it because they don't got like shooters like that like on the roster. They just have a lot of guys that kind of can shoot and can cut. Yeah, at, they get around their man and they get to the basket. They do it quick. So mm-hmm. and TJ McConnell, you know, he's become a very smart player, which uh, you know it's it's kind of cool to see as a Sixers fan. Obviously, it's sad it's not on your team anymore, but yeah, he has become uh, one of those players that can can get ten assists now uh, without if Halliburton is sitting. I think he's had actually a couple games uh, of six plus yeah. so far this year. I wouldn't be surprised if he does hit that ten mark though at some point. Uh, it does look like though the Pacers are they back? In, are they back to back tomorrow? No, so they'll play again. Uh, yeah, they are back to back. So they're in Portland uh, tomorrow. I assume Halliburton. Tomorrow is tomorrow is going to be a good day. Uh, it looks like it some, some good outside. games. Oh, uh, I did not know the Nuggets were still in the East. Yeah, I did not six, know even that. Sixers Orlando is a pretty good game. Yeah. Even Orlando has kind of taken a dip. Uh, uh, Miller versus uh, Wembenyama is like the worst game of the night. Uh, where's uh, oh, oh yeah, I didn't Suns see Pelicans Mavericks Warriors. We can oh wait that game got yeah, postponed that, correct postponed uh so they they changed uh to brooklyn lakers espn game i believe uh that's at least what the cbs app is telling me uh, that's what 
sleepers telling me as well. Yeah, so uh I mean, look, they, that's, they, that's, they were in a bad cool. they were in a bad spot. Yeah. Uh so that's all right. Uh but you know, every other game looks pretty interesting. Uh Atlanta, Miami. I also hey tomorrow's looking good. Tonight, you know, obviously there's some matchups that can can definitely turn into good matchups. My favorite time of the year when it comes to basketball is Conference play for college basketball starts to get underway. Mm-hmm. That that's when I start to pay attention. I know to big, big Big East every night so. is is beautiful. See, that's the thing. I used to. I was lo- watching Creighton. Uh, I used to love Big East basketball, specifically some of the underappreciated teams like the the Paul, Providence. The Paul's not what even they Marquette used to be. Used to be uh, Providence isn't yeah. what they used to be. Marquette's. I actually picked them to win the Big East this year, but kind of discredited UConn before I made that pick. So uh, Man, Marquette Marquette's looking that. really good though. Yeah. Uh, that's for sure. But yeah, great time for basketball, though. Um, and then it'll be soon when the NBA All Star Week gets us, and that'll be in Indiana. We're already seeing some of the participation. Yeah, uh, who, who who's in the dunk contest? Oh, oh the court I, in the airport. I haven't even seen dunk contest stuff yet. I think somebody. I know Weminyama is in the skills challenge. Uh, I think somebody has agreed to be in the dunk contest, but I I'm for blanking. Uh, but I'll see if I can find out. There. But were you going to talk about the court of in the and airport? I like that. I, until I found out that they're not allowed to like play on it. Wait, they aren't. No, you're not allowed to play on it. It's only for show. I saw like the memes of like <laughs> me boarding my plane after just playing for three hours uh, so with strangers. A like, uh, guy looks down at the time. Oh, my flight left ten minutes ago, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we can run it back again. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, oh, uh, has, um on the heat is. Uh, uh, in the dunk contest, which oh, okay. he's got some. I, I remember his high yeah. school, uh, you know, tape. Uh, and Mac McClung's in it again. Uh, oh, he's invited reportedly. Okay, so I mean, I don't really That'll see it. with all with all due respect to him. I don't think that's an opportunity he's going to be uh, turning down. Yeah, I also I think this will be one of the better All Star weekends we got got in some time. Uh, just it being in Indianapolis, the type of city Indianapolis is, uh, what they've been able to do for. Obviously, the marketing, the court, and all that type of stuff. They're switching back to east and west when it comes down to that. East and west are kind of matched up when it comes to skill-wise. I think... Kind of matched up all star wise. I think it's just because Embiid and Giannis are in the East, so it's like (laughs) it's like they are matched up. And and oh well, yeah. Without either one of them. Oh, and Tatum, and Tatum too. So Tatum, Tatum's been you know very good in all star games actually. Uh, And so. Yeah, they're actually pretty even. If anything, I think I would actually give East the edge. Actually, thinking about it, uh, the guards they kind of lose a lot. Yeah, uh, but the but the forwards, I mean, the forwards are they're blowing them out of the water. So that's I I, I like the teams, and I'm glad they switched it. If that makes sense, like I like yeah. the way they did teams, yep. but I think it's time to kind of go away from watching LeBron and Giannis draft every year. I, I don't even know who the top vote getter. I think it was LeBron I in the West. I know yeah, Giannis I so. was in the East, so. Sounds about right at this yeah. point, but yeah, I'm tired of that too. Glad, <laughs> glad we don't have to go through that anymore. Yeah. All right, that just about puts a wrap on season two, episode zero point five of the N One Podcast. Your two new hosts once again, Doc and Butler, will be back shortly because we're coming right back on Monday that time with a fuller episode, a couple more guests as well. Thank you all for tuning in, and for myself and Doc, have a blessed night. You can find And One and every Rowan Radio podcast by searching Rowan Radio On Demand Sports wherever you find your favorite podcast.